illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me after returning from a triumphant two-week vacation in Western Europe, live from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver, and director of thermodynamic liquid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How you doing, buddy? Guten Tag, Billy. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Right on. So, how was your trip? It was it was pretty awesome. We uh, two two weeks abroad. Went to uh, actually actually other than being uh, pickpocketed in Paris, which I'm never going back to Paris again. Um, but you caught the guy, uh, Germany. Caught the guy. Caught the guy. Actually, there's two guys. Don't know if you'd say I caught him. I got my stuff yeah, back. Yeah. You thwarted um, them. But, yeah. God dang. And, you know, and it wasn't, you, you know, everybody's like, well, why would you have anything in your back pocket? I'm like, it wasn't in my back pocket. It was in my front pocket. Mm-hmm. And they still got it. So, um, you know, it... Yeah, but other than that, that was probably the worst part. The thing that sucked the most was it happened literally right when we got off the airplane and hopped on the subway. That's crazy. But, yeah, and it really just tarnishes your whole view of Paris and French. But outside of that, uh, Disneyland Paris was awesome. Heidelberg, Fusen, Augsburg, uh, Munich, Nuremberg, Salzburg in Austria, Berlin, all fantastic cities. Had a great time. Nice, 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 nice. So. Well, good. Well, Kyle sat in your seat last week, and uh, we shipped the uh, tele uh, the uh, teletype off to him. Yeah, I noticed it came in the uh, FedEx envelope uh, or box today from on the oh, porch. Oh, cool! Came back. 
Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. I just I just plugged it in here uh, just about an hour okay, ago. Okay, good, 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 good. Well, we'll have to see. Um, well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers and others, and just generally talk some beaver sports, football, maybe some tailgating, and have a little stupid fun along the way. This week, Beach, it is episode number sixty-five, season four, episode six. If you can believe it, episode six. That means. That means next week we're going to have episode actually, 7. Actually, I think this is episode 7. Because the Bees have oh, played five okay. games. Well, this is episode 7, actually, yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, today, Beach. I'm, I'm waiting for the other episode 7 later on this okay. year. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, well, we'll have a little. <laughs> that, that, one, that one comes out just. That one comes out in December and you know has a bunch of Jedi and stuff. Ooh, in it, but. Yes, All yes, yes, yes. I'm looking forward to that too. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk a little Beaver Sports news. Uh, hopefully that teletype will get fired up. We might have an update from Eugene. We'll go under further mm-hmm. review for week number six in the Pac-12. We will have our weekly Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week award. We'll preview the awesome. week uh, seven games in the Pac-12. We are going to have our first Tanner Boyle Makes Me Want to Puke play of the week. I think you will like it or not like it as the case may be. This okay. week, the Beavs are playing at Washington State University. We won't have much to talk there, but I think we'll end it with a little uh, Rosie Ruiz, Cheaters and Horns. Yes, yes. And we'll play a little Guns and Roses in there as we as we move through the show. So I want to remind everybody, you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Remember, please subscribe to us on iTunes. There's a couple ways to get in touch with us. Email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, at HeinrichTailgator. And remember, you can also like us and follow us along on Facebook. Although sometimes we post things about there being a tailgater in four days when really it's 11. Yeah, I was I was, I was, was drunk. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, you know you. You know you. All right, Beach, <laughs> uh-huh. we're going to have a little listener feedback. Oh. So listener Doug emailed me. And this was something about uh, last week when you weren't here. Um, in the UCLA-Arizona State game, uh, Arizona State won. And at the one of the last plays of the game, Arizona State um, was trying to just basically pick up a short first down. And the ball runner mm-hmm. ran, and there was kind of a big scrum, and he got pushed and shoved and, and pushed by his own guys. At the end, one of his own guys grabbed him and pulled him into the end zone, and it was called a touchdown. And Kyle and I talked about it, and we talked about how I, you know, I, I thought it was assisting the runner. You can't do that. Well, Doug sent me this email. He said, here's the rule on assisting a runner. Section three, blocking, use of hand and arm interfering for, for helping a ball carrier passer. Article two, approved ruling 9-3-2. Article number one, in trying to gain yardage, a ball carrier is slowed by defensive players attempting to make a tackle. The back puts his hands on the buttocks of the ball runner and pushes him forward, pushes the pile of teammates who begin to surround him, grabs the arm of and tries to pull him forward for more yardage. Ruling legal. It is not a foul to push the ball carrier or the pile. The foul for assisting the runner. Okay. So, hold on. I, I, so you can do exactly so, that. No, so no, when, no, is, no. when I, is there I, a foul? I screwed this up. Okay, because I didn't. It's, it's broken down. So you can put your hands on the buttocks of the ball runner and push him forward. So you can push the ball runner. You can push the pile of teammates who surround the ball runner. But it is illegal to grab the arms of and try to pull the ball runner forward. 
So did they pull the ball runner in forward? What I saw, he basically grabbed the, the ball runner and pulled him forward and basically pulled him onto himself into the end zone. So if, if you're running towards okay, the so end he, zone... Kind of like, he, he kind of theor- he kind of tackled him forward. Yeah, well, he basically kind of super... He tackled his own, he tackled, kind of yeah, tackled his own player for the player. So it's not a foul yeah, to push yeah. the, ball, the ball carrier or the pile. Um, the foul for assisting the runner is a five-yard penalty. Um, is a five-yard penalty. So he, he to me, he shouldn't have – and this is what I returned and said to, to – uh, my, my email said, I still think that the play in the UCLA-ASU game should be illegal, but apparently it is – or no, this is what Doug said. I still think the play in the UCLA-ASU game should be illegal, but apparently isn't. Only pulling is illegal. Pushing the pile is allowed in the NCAA. More importantly, it didn't involve the beeves, so why do I care? What am I worried about is your decision on the menu for the upcoming tailgater. Personally, I like, <laughs> personally, awesome. I like the Chili Colorado thing, but I know you won't let us down. Respectively submitted by Humbler listener Dave. Humble listener Dave. By the way, see you Thursday. We had a promo last Thursday at the bar. We got one this Thursday, too. Oh. I... I I emailed him back and I said, yeah, I thought so too. Or yeah, I thought I saw that too. But I just watched it four times and I'm not sure I can – or I emailed him back and said, yeah, it still looked like to me that he pulled him in. And uh, Doug emailed back said, yeah, I thought I saw that too. But I just watched it four times and I'm not sure I would conclusively make that call. ASU guy was pulling, but I couldn't tell you for sure that they were trying to pull the runner or another player. But I'm easy. If it gets you back to the menu, I'll agree with your call. So anyways. So yeah, so that was the thing, and it, to me, it's still yes. You can't pull the runner. You can push him. You can push the pile. You are not allowed to pull the runner forward, or pick him up. Gotcha. So can't carry no. him. No, no crowd surfing. Yeah. All righty, Beach. Uh, let's move on to a little Beaver sports news. All okay. Right. First up is women's volleyball. Oh, Billy, I love women's volleyball. It's my favorite uh, you sport. Know, that's the same thing Kyle said last week. That's awesome. So the Oregon State volleyball team fell to the seventh-ranked Stanford Cardinal in three sets on Friday night at the Maples Pavilion. Now, Oregon State hit 310 as a team and tallied 11 total blocks and route to a straight-sets victory over the Cal Golden Bears at the Haas Pavilion on Sunday afternoon. The Beavs are now 4-12 overall, 2-4 in the Pac-10, or excuse me, Pac-12, and continue their four-game road swing on Wednesday, October 14th, with a trip to Seattle, Washington to face the Huskies. The match is slated to begin at 7.30 p.m. The Beavs bookend the road trip with a 5.30 p.m. match at Washington State on Friday the 16th. Alrighty. So, not looking good for the Beavs to get into the tournament. They've had a rough season. Yeah. Especially after making the tournament last year, but, you know, they lost a couple seniors, and I think it's kind of showing. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach, next up is women's soccer. You know, Billy, I love women's soccer. It's it's my favorite um, activity. A yeah. half surge by the Oregon State women's soccer team was not enough to overcome an early deficit as the Beavs fell to number six Stanford three to nothing Thursday evening at Kagan Stadium in Stanford, California. Then the women held California scoreless for over 85 minutes, but were unable to hold them back as the Golden Bears scored a late winner to take a 1-0 victory Sunday afternoon in Berkeley. The women are now 5-5-3 overall, 1-4-0 in the Pac-12, and return to action Saturday when it plays host to defending conference champion UCLA. You should not have a win and loss category that has three numbers in it. I agree. 5-5-3. I agree. All right. 
Go on. All right, Beach. Next up is men's soccer. So Jamie, senior Jamie Velasco and sophomore Jordan Jones both got on the score sheet as the number 16 Oregon State men's soccer team battled Cal to a 2-2 draw Friday afternoon in Berkeley. The number 16 men's soccer team was unable to overcome a strong number three Stanford Sunday afternoon as the Cardinal took a 3-0 win in Stanford, California. The Beaver men are now 7-4-1 overall, 2-1-1 in the Pac-12, and will head up to Seattle on Sunday for a match with Washington. Hmm. So, all righty. So things are getting a little, little, little tougher there once they got into the Pac-12 play. Yep, that happens. All right, Beach. So next up is going to be some women's swimming news. Okay, what's going on with the women's? Well, swimming? I got a text from listener Greg, who said that. Where was it? Uh, the swim team is going to San Diego this week. They have a meet on Thursday and Friday against San Diego State and Vanderbilt. Hmm. So, good luck to the women's swim yep. team. All right, Beach, and we'll wrap it up with a little football news. Okay. First of all, the kickoff for the Colorado game, which will be Saturday the 24th, I believe, uh, the next the next okay. home game. Uh, is set for a 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Wow. Yeah, that means late, late, late tailgater. That, that means a, uh, that's a 10-hour uh, tailgater. It's going to be a long one. Isn't that 10 no, hours? About 12, yeah. actually. Is it? The time no. we start setting up to the time we start tearing down. Yeah. That, that's true. Yeah. So um, uh, on that note... I'm thinking, just for everyone that listened last week, I think we're going to go with the Chili Colorado. Since we had originally talked about doing nachos, and I was mm-hmm. trying to find something that said Colorado and really kind of came up with a couple different things, I think I will make the Jolly Rancher cocktail that I've got a room, that I've got a, uh, a recipe for, because you weren't here last week, Beach, but Kyle and I talked about this, and Jolly Ranchers were actually invented in Colorado. Seriously? Yeah. So we're going to make a green apple Jolly Rancher cocktail. Well, that'll be yeah. awesome. Um, so, so what's this chili Colorado? Well, really, it has nothing to do with the city or the state of Colorado. It more means that it's a chili colored red. But what it is, it's it's um, chunks of beef or pork that are basically cooked down in a chili sauce. Okay. So I th- and did you serve it on a bread or what do you? Serve I think it we'll on? serve it on nachos. You can serve it on you okay. can serve it on rice, or you can serve it. I've seen people make burritos out of it and different things. Um, but I think what we'll do is we'll cook it down, and uh, we can have it out there in a crock pot, and people can put it on their nachos. Okay. I'll make the sauce a little looser, um, so that way they're just putting a lot of the the meat on their the nachos. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't want it too saucy, otherwise your chips get all soggy. Yes. Yeah, you don't want soggy chips. That's the no, worst. no, no. We don't want that. Okay. Oh, hey, look at that. Kyle just texted me his picks. Okay. So we will be ready to go there. Okay. Um, so uh, so that's what we're going to do for that Colorado game. 7.30 kickoff, so we'll be going late. Hey, hey Billy, i got to ask you, because when I hear you in my my headphones here, your voice moves around. Are you talking square into your uh, microphone? Well, I, I kind of turn it because it feels like. And sometimes I kind of do this, which is, that's my hand in front of my mouth. Yeah, I know. 
Okay, because well, sometimes it's like you're walking from my left ear to my right ear. It's kind of. Oh, I'm weird. sorry. I was thinking so, I need to get a I need to right. get a boom for my mic so I'm not bent over my desk. Because I never record, I'm like bent That'd over. That'd be so I'm awesome. Bent over. I know. I kind of want this boom mic. You should have so it. Can, you should. You should. I want to look like a radio jock. I was going to say you need to have it hanging from the ceiling or on a big boom, and then you need to be able to flip a little sign on with a little red neon that says "on yeah. air." That would Ooh, be that would so be cool. cool. That would be cool. And I want to. I want to. Yeah. I want a pop filter. That's that little. A pop that's filter. That little screen that goes in oh, front like, of the thing. A spit, like a a a, a spit well, guard. It's not a spit guard though, Beach. It's it's a pop filter. So when you say P. Because I can hear it when I'm when I'm editing the show. When you say P, it's this little pop in the uh-huh. microphone because of the air coming uh-huh. in and hitting the microphone. Uh-huh. It stops it from popping. So, uh... <laughs> what? Oh, Kyle. Uh, Kyle. Uh, uh, well, he just texted me. I'm not going to read what he texted me, but uh, yeah, Kyle. I'm hoping hoping for you, buddy. Hoping for you. Put the phone down, dude. It's, that's more important. So, anyways, he's not going to have any any witty, any witty banner with his picks tonight. But uh, it's more important that he puts the phone down right now. So, anyways, okay. My text him. Put put the phone down. There we go. Okay. There we go. All right. Um, all right. Where are we uh, at, so Billy? next up in football, totally lost. We're, we're, we're losing the momentum here. Let's keep going. So uh, the next the next story yeah. for football, a uh, former Oregon State football standout, Rocky Rockney Rocky Freitas is a member of a select group of five individuals who make up the third class of the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame to be enshrined at a ceremony on the island of Oahu. January 29th to 30th of next year, it was announced. Now, Freitas played center for the Bees from 64 to 66 for head coaches Tommy Prothrow and DeAndros. The Kamehameha High School graduate and native of Honolulu helped Oregon State to the 65 Rose Bowl game. The Beavers finished in the top 20 in the nation in two of his three seasons as a varsity player, including number eight in 1964. So that's cool. Sweet. Yeah. Kind of... Kind of like a non-Howley award over there. Is that what that is? Yes, yes, it is for Polynesian players. So, um, yeah. On a similar note, no player is more associated with the dramatic turnaround in the fortunes of the Oregon State football program than number 35, Ken Simonton. Fittingly, the man who played a pivotal role in completely changing the culture of the program will be inducted into the Oregon State Athletics Hall of Fame during homecoming weekend, October 23rd and 24th. I think it's a great honor, Simonton said. I feel even more so when I find out how long it's been since a football player has been inducted. It validates my initial decision to come to Oregon State and be a part of the turnaround of the program. It's a great honor. It's really rewarding. Now, a powerful, durable tailback who lettered from 1998 to 2001, Simon set, set still-standing school records and career, t- uh, career rushing yards of 5,044, attempts at 1,041, touchdowns at 59, and 100-yard games at 26. He was the first Beaver to gain 1,000 or more yards in three seasons, and he was so close to getting that fourth season. I wish he would have because he would would have been the only running back in Pac-12 history to have 4,000-yard seasons. His senior year, he was within like 30 yards, 30 or 40 yards. So close. They should have just – I know. I was sad. 
Now, the Pittsburgh, California native led the Beavers to the 2000 Pac-10 Conference Co-Championship and an 11-1 season that culminated with a 41-9 ass-kicking of Notre Dame in the 2001 Fiesta Bowl by rushing for a since-broken school record of 1,559 yards and 19 touchdowns. The team finished number four in the final AP Top 25 poll, the highest ranking in school history. That's a great, great year. year. I know. It was good. So good to see him. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll, they'll bring him out on the field and cheer him on uh, next Saturday. Yeah. Do you know what he's doing now? What, Actually, what's, what's he's he coming to? back to Oregon State in some manner, and I don't remember exactly what it is. But Beach, I will find out for you, and I will tell you next week. Okay. okay. Sweet. Hey, hey, Beach. All right. Is, that, is that the yeah. double type? Son of a bitch it is, Billy! <laughs> oh, hold on one second. Hold on, hold on. Billy! Yes, Beach. Are you I'm there? Here. This just this just in. Since Saturday's epic fail, the Eugene Health and Human Services Department, in conjunction with the U of O Alumni Association and Nike, have set up a crisis hotline. Uh, they chose the number 1-800-382-5543, which spells out 1-800-DUCK-LIFE without the E at the end. Okay. Unfortunately, it was realized that the letter D and the letter F share the number three on the phone dial. <laughs> so... It has been discovered that not only was their game on Saturday an epic fail, but so has this effort. So there you go. So instead of duck life, it would be yeah 1-800. Yeah, which is just going to take you over the top if you're a fan of the University of Oregon Ducks. So no, no. No, poor, 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 poor duck fans down there. I heard they've been getting phone calls right and left. I mean, like they've opened up several lines on it, so they can't stock it with enough uh, enough operators. I bet. So it's, it's been it's been a rough, you know. Oh, that that three and three record is not something that most teams can swallow that easy, especially people like duck fans. Yeah, I bet. So especially when you lose to a team like State. Who, uh, when you lose to Washington State, who also lost to the Portland Vikings, yeah. so theoretically you lost to the Portland Vikings. Wow, wow. I didn't think about that. Yeah. You didn't think I about that? About that one. Well, you know what? The Portland Vikings yeah. might be the best uh, team in Oregon right now, actually. Pro- probably they, so. They, uh, we'll see how they do against the teams. They, but. Well, they just beat another FBS team. They yeah, yeah. They're they're not a, they're not. To no, be they're playing well. Not a, te- yeah, not a team to be overlooked. That's for sure. Alrighty, Beach. <sighs> right so. on. Well, you ready to go under further review for week number six in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! 
you know, since I don't have a clue as to what happened last weekend, I would love to go under further okay. review. You got to go under first review pretty much. All right, Beach. Exactly. I have no, no clue. No clue. I mean, and not only that, but you're going to ask me what picks I had last, last week for this game. And I'll tell you, I was somewhere in Germany. I was probably like five, six beers back. I don't know what the <laughs> hell I texted you. It's probably my worst drunk text ever. Yeah. So. Well, it was funny because I texted you, hey, I need your picks. And you're like, why? And I'm like, because I'm recording tonight. And you're like, oh, well, here. Okay, <laughs> so there was one game last Thursday, October 8th. It was Washington at USC. Who do you think you took? Oh, on that one, I would have taken, uh, I think I took USC because it was at USC. Yep, all three of us took USC, which was not a good pick. Miles Gaskin ran for 134 yards in a fourth quarter TD, and Washington shut down number 17 USC's high-powered offense throughout a 17-12 victory Thursday night, beating Steve Sarkeesian and the coaches who recruited many of them to Seattle. Receiver Marvin Hall threw a 27-yard touchdown pass to Joshua Perkins early in the second half for the Huskies, who all celebrated with their strong cheering section after running out the clock on Washington's first win at the Coliseum since 2010. Washington wow. beat a ranked team for the first for the first time under second-year coach Chris Peterson, who appeared to pull a trick play out of his Boise State cash. The Huskies weren't looking for vindication against Sarkeesian, but a win in Los Angeles still was particularly sweet for the numerous Washington players from the area. Now, I thought it was funny, Beach, because obviously none of us got that one right. Um, I thought it was funny, Beach, because at the end of the game, they asked Sarkeesian, you know, well, what do you think about this? And he was like, well, I'm really happy for Washington. Because, you know, I recruited a lot of those players, so I'm really happy for them. And I wanted to go, dude, you're taking credit for the team, other team beating you? Exactly. Like, wow. Exactly. Now, Beach, I don't know if you've heard this, but on a related note, this this was what happened the other on Sunday. USC Trojans coach Steve Sarkeesian was placed on an indefinite leave of absence after sources say he arrived Sunday to team facilities appearing to be intoxicated. Offensive coordinator Clay Helton uh, was to take over as interim coach of the team, the school said. Now, Sarkeesian was not in attendance at the Trojans' practice on Sunday afternoon, and USC Athletic Director Pat Hayden met with the media after practice to announce the move. Now, a player told ESPN via text that Sarkeesian, quote, showed up lit to meetings again today. Another Another source said he showed up Sunday morning and, quote, appeared not normal and then was told to leave. They wouldn't let him into come to practice, um, a source said. Now, Sarkeesian is going through a divorce. Um, his behavior, while apparently under the influence of alcohol and painkillers at the Salute to Troy function in August, drew national headlines after he later apologized. Now, I guess Sarkeesian was also suspected by his staff to be under the influence during USC's 42-14 win over Arizona State on September 26th though Hayden was apparently unaware. Another source who was close to Sarkeesian said the coach, quote, needed to hit rock bottom to seriously confront an addiction that added, quote, this is rock bottom. Now, because this all happened Sunday, and I'm sure you've heard on Monday, they fired Sarkeesian. Yep, I, I did hear yeah. that. Now, when it was funny because Monday when I was at work, I was talking to people, and they go, what do you think? And I said, Sarkeesian will never coach another game there. They can say what they want, but he'll know their coach another game there. I didn't realize a couple hours later they were going to fire him. Yeah, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and we kind of, Beach and I have, this is all hearsay now, um, but we've heard some rumors that supposedly Sarkeesian got into some trouble. Uh, up, 
uh, up in the Seattle area. Up, yeah, area. planting his seed where it shouldn't be planted. And yeah. it makes me wonder about if that's the reason for the divorce. We've also heard that a lot of things were covered up while he was up there. And it's funny because after this came out on Sunday, there was ex-UW players that were texting that, oh, it's good to see things don't change, and oh, he's still getting you know lit again. And it's like, again? How bad was this? I thought there was no longer going to be any alcohol allowed in the coach's office at USC. Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe they just take it, you know, on, well, it was at the Coliseum. So maybe it was just down there. Exact words, mom and dad. Exact maybe words. Maybe he got lit before he came to the, to the stadium, you know. Who knows? Yeah. They should have been more specific. They shouldn't have just said in the coach's office. Should have said also at the stadium. In the locker Anywhere room. Anywhere near him. He said he wasn't going to drink at all. Remember in that in that kind of his little speech that he gave after the thing happened in August, he said, yeah, I'm just going to stay away from alcohol all season. Well, it doesn't yeah. sound like that happened. And then there's been some records request of his time up in Washington uh, for his expense account because that's all public record. And wow, he liked to put on parties with a lot of tequila. Really? Yeah, he likes the Patron. Uh, we see wow. 80 bottles of beer and 40 shots of tequila. Well, you yeah. know. And, and some, some of those things were like started at 11 and he was cashing out by before noon. And there's a lot of stuff you got cost back. So you got to be sociable. I guess. You know, you can't you, you can't just go to a party and not yeah, drink. So I, I mean, I don't want to make it's, I don't want to make it's, it's, it's I don't want to make too much light of the situation because the dude obviously has a problem. And the thing that I feel sorry for, I mean, if he's sticking his thing where he shouldn't be stuck i have no you know you're an idiot yeah you you, you, make, yeah, your you bed. make your bed but what i feel sorry for is he's got three kids it's ter- terrible divorce for kids well is and bad. and and to uh, see dad like that and to hear the stories about do, dad being that that's yeah do you remember uh remember when uh, mike parker had his little alcohol incident yes. and uh he he was uh he was run through the the media pretty bad for a few weeks mm-hmm. there, but you know what? He came out. He admitted he had a problem. He got himself corrected, and uh, you know it's probably a good role model. Yeah. Now, well, and uh, and, and you know it's one of those things we've all got. We've all got things we're we're always fighting, right? Either demons or vices whatever, or whatever, whatever it is. is. We've yeah. all got demons, however big that is. You know, some peoples are bigger than others, but uh, you just keep fighting yeah. the good fight. So, anyways, I, I, I hope he's so, able well, to clean himself up for his kid's sake. You, they, you know, I heard a quote from Pete. They 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 asked uh, Pete Carroll about it today because I guess Pete Carroll knows him really well. And uh, Pete Carroll said, you know, in touch with him a little bit. Uh, he's getting himself corrected, and and hopefully he he turns out better. So I I yeah sounds sounds like at least he knows where he's at mm-hmm. now. So he's not denying his issues. Yeah. Let's hope so. Guess when you lose a multi when you lose a multi million dollar contract with a with a school. Well, and I know uh, I think at that point you, I know <laughs> you can't hit much more yeah, rock well, bottom than that. And I know that. somebody at work was asking, well, will will USC get in trouble for firing him because he was drunk? And I'm like, I don't know. I know in this state, in Oregon, if somebody has a substance abuse problem and that's why you terminate them, you can be responsible for putting them through rehab. So you just don't mention that is the reason why you fire them. Um, but, but but you can also but but one of the reasons is your conduct unbecoming. Yes. 
and a lot of the contracts anymore well, have, and, and, and have notations in there that you you are have conduct unbecoming. And I would think that's if you're under the influence. Yeah. Or not. Well, and this is a this is a contract situation with him. And so mm-hmm. if there's clauses in there that could prevent him from from any legal action, but let's just hope he gets his. Like I said, for the sake of his kids. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Beach. All the rest yeah. of the games were on Saturday, October tenth. Okay. Next up, next okay. up was the battle of two. Top 25 teams. We had number 23, Cal, at number 5, Utah. Do you remember who you took? Cal versus Utah at Utah. I'm pretty sure I took Utah. All three of us did. Now, Utah, the team picked to finish fifth in the Pac-12 South, is now the lone undefeated team remaining in the conference after a 30-24 victory over number 23, Cal. The Utes missed several opportunities to grab a sizable lead with erratic offense. Utah scored 17 of its 24 points off turnovers, but was held scoreless on two possessions after turnovers and settled for three on another. The seven-point halftime lead could have been much more had the Utes been able to put up more than three off of two of of Jared, don't call me Jack, Goff's interceptions and Daniel Laskell's fumble. Utah had a season-high six takeaways, picking off five of Goff's passes. Cal had one last possession and drove to the 21, but Hobbs knocked down, his name is Booby too, Booby Hobbs, knocked down Goff's fourth down pass with 26 (laughs) seconds left. You said Booby. I know, Booby Hobbs. Devontae Booker ran for a season-high 222 yards and two TDs and added a team-high 45 receiving yards for the Utes. They sit alone atop the conference and are firmly in the college playoffs, college football playoff discussion. Now, Goff threw for 340 yards and two TDs. The Heisman contender couldn't overcome the ball control issues that put the Golden Bears in a hole. So, great game. It was sloppy, but uh, all three of us got the point on that one. Next up, mm-hmm. Beach was Washington State at Oregon. Do you know who you took in that one? I'm pretty sure I took Oregon, but I feel like a fool. <laughs> you did take Oregon. I took Wazoo. So did Kyle. Really? Wazoo quarterback Luke Falk threw for a season-high 505 yards and five TDs, including a momentary nail-biter that turned out to be the game winner, and the Cougars snapped an eight-game losing streak to the Ducks with a 45-38 victory in double overtime on Saturday. Now, knotted at 38, an unnecessary roughness penalty on the Ducks helped Washington State get closer in the second overtime. Then Falk threw to River Craycraft, who was brought down right at the goal line, but the ball popped up and out of his hands and into the hands of Robert Lewis, who ran it into the end zone for a four-yard TD. The play stood on review, and Oregon's subsequent drive ended in an interception, sending the Cougars rushing onto the field at Autzen Stadium in celebration. Now, Falk had marched Washington State downfield in the final two minutes of regulation, capping the drive with an eight-yard pass to tie the game at 31 and send it to overtime. Now, quarterback Jeff Lockie hit Braylon Addison with a nine-yard touchdown pass for the Ducks in the opening possession of the extra period. The Cougars answered with Falk's uh, close one-yard keeper that again tied the score. Now, they were down by 10 points with a little over three minutes to go and came back to tie that sucker. And it was wow. funny. And you know you know me. I say that if you are on the road and it's tied, you go for two because you try to end it. Yeah. And yeah. Washington State drove down, kicked a field goal to go down by seven, were able to hold them, get the ball back, and score with literally one second left to go down by one. And it was funny because there was one of – Leach's assistant coaches jumped in front of him, was going, go for two, go for two, go for – I mean, right in his face. And you can see it on the on the replay. But I was like, no, you, you go for one here. If you t- tie in this game, the Ducks are going to be on their heels. 
Because yeah. he just came from 10 points down with three minutes to go to tie the sucker with, with one second left. The, the, you just you just did it, Joey Harrington on the well, opposite side of, my uh, thing is, of the field. Yeah, my thing is that team is on its heels. That stadium is on its heels. Go to OT. And uh, they did. They, they, they won the toss. They went second. Um, and Oregon scored a touchdown. They went down and scored a touchdown. And then turned around and scored one again and then intercepted it. So it was it was great. I, great game. Fun to watch. I, I got I, I got to ask you a question here, Bill. Again, I didn't see it. I'd like to watch the last couple minutes of this uh-huh. game. But it's uh, you said there was a uh, unnecessary roughness yes. penalty. What, what what was that? I don't remember exactly, but I thought it was warranted. Okay. Like when they when they threw the flag, you know normally the when du- they threw the flag, I thought that was stupid. Yeah, normally the Ducks are pretty cool. You know, that's, you know, I mean, every time they've done that, it always has seemed that their unnecessary roughness or, uh, what was there, that taunting penalty from a year or two yeah, ago. Last year against Arizona. Yeah, and something, but usually they keep that stuff pretty well in check. I mean, they're a pretty well-disciplined team, when, so kind of surprising that uh, they would make that, that stupid decision. I remember when the play the happened. Game. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, oh, why'd you do that? You got to flag that, and they did, so... Wow. All right, Beach. Well, it's, I, I feel like if I had a lead on, on our little thing, my lead is gone and, and quickly diminishing. What what made you and Kyle pick uh, Wazoo? Did you just think that that, that uh, offense was just going to have their way with their defensive backs? I thought that Oregon didn't look good against Colorado, even though they beat them two weeks ago. Didn't look good mm-hmm. against Colorado. Colorado, they ended up beating Colorado by three scores, but it was – it was a lot closer than the final score led on. And I thought with gotcha. Oregon's defensive backs being so crummy and them not generating much of a pass rush that, and the way mm-hmm. that Wazoo was able to throw the ball over the field, I figured that's what was going to happen. And mm-hmm. it kind of did. It kind of did. I mean, yeah. he threw for 505 yards. So they had to start Charles Nelson, one of their best receivers as a safety. Wow, yeah, that's not good. That's how that's how that weak they yeah. are. And so the, he was playing. He was On playing defense. both sides of the ball. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be tough. So, anyways, all right, Beach. Moving on. So uh, Kyle and I got the points there. Okay. You got nothing. Next up was Col- Next up was Colorado at Arizona State. Pretty sure I took Arizona State on this one. All three of us did. And Arizona State scored a 48-23 win over Pac-12 South Foe Colorado Saturday night as Mike Bergovici tied a career high with five TD passes and Tim White set career highs with seven catches for 144 yards and two scores. Now, Bergovici completed 20 of 31 passes for 260 yards and threw an interception before giving way to Manny Wilkins with 831 left in the game. One of Bergovici's scores came off a deflected ball that landed in White's hands and went 45 yards. Now, ASU won its second straight conference game on the heels of a 38-23 upset of then number 7 UCLA last week. Number 5 Utah on the road is next on the schedule. Now, the Buffs lost their 13th straight conference road game, stretching back to the 2012 season and are 0-7 all-time against the Sun Devils. Wow. So none of us got the point. Or, yeah, all of us got the point there. And last up, Beach, Oregon State at Arizona. Well, I took Oregon State on this one. I thought we were going to have a better showing. Yes, all three of us did. And Arizona quarterback Andrew Solomon returned from a one-game absence, and the Arizona defense bounced back from two awful performances, and the result was a 44-7 route of Oregon State on Saturday. (coughs) 
the redshirt sophomore, and a second-year starter who sat out last week's 55-17 loss at Stanford because of a concussion, completed 17 of 30 passes for 276 yards before sitting out in the fourth quarter. The Wildcats amassed 645 yards to 249 for the Beavs. Beaver freshman Seth Collins was 8 of 24 for 56 yards with one interception and ran for 56 yards and scored the Oregon State touchdown. Now, Coach Anderson said, quote, I expected these kids to play well today, and I truly thought we would. We absolutely did not. Now, Collins and his top receiver, Jordan Villeman, left the game with injuries in the first half, Collins lipping into the locker room before the second quarter ended. Both returned to start the second half. Now, Villeman had to be helped off the field after a crushing hit from Arizona safety Will Parks in the second quarter. An official threw a flag on the play, but it was picked up, and replay showed Parks' hit was legal. Rodriguez called uh, Coach Rodriguez for Arizona called that play the tone setter for the game, and I completely agree. Um, before that, you know the Beavs were kind of scuffling. Um, they'd gotten it down to thirteen to seven, and then uh, Arizona scored on with the help of another broken play that went for long for them. They scored again to go mm-hmm. up twenty to seven, and the Beavs uh, threw that pass to Villeman, who was on a crossing route, and he absolutely got crushed. And it was a completely legal hit. It was it was legal. It looked in, in, mm-hmm. in it was just it was just a good. It was hit. well. He dropped his shoulder pad into him. He didn't target him. It was a good hit. It was crushing. I mean, it was violent. It was it was vicious, yeah. but it was legal. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, after that, to me, it's one of those plays where how are you going to respond? Is it going to piss you off and you're going to come out and go harder, or are you going to kind of go over to the corner with your tail between your legs? And that's what I saw out of the beeves. It was the tone setter for the game. After that, the Beavs really just kind of didn't put up much of a whimper. So, anyways, I, I was really disappointed after the showing I thought they had against Stanford, which I thought they had a pretty good showing and, and things were looking up. I just thought it was kind of a step back. Yeah. Well, I really I really thought we had a chance with Arizona. Yeah. So, all right, Beach. Um, at the end of this week, you are in the lead with 33 out of 45. Holy crap, I'm still in the lead. Kyle and I are right behind you at 32 out of 45. Yeah, I'm just surprised. Did I have a good week the week before? Um, We all went – there was only four games, and we all lost the same game. We had the exact same picks. We all took Stanford, California, and Oregon, and UCLA, and UCLA was the only one that lost. Okay. Anyways. Wow, I can't believe it. Yep. So let's look at the, don't think my lead will last, but it's nice to be be first once in a while. Let's look at the Pac-12 in the polls, Beach. Um, up okay. first is the Associated Press, press poll. Utah is, comes in at number four, uh, receiving 16 first place votes. Stanford comes in at number 15, uh-huh. UCLA at 18, Cal at 23, and Arizona State and USC are in the others receiving votes category. Now in the USA Today, coach is, is USC just is USC just a pity? I vote? don't know. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, a little how stuck. Can, I'm a little how stuck. can they still give votes? Um, up next, up next in the USA Today. Utah came in at number seven with one first place vote. Stanford at 16, UCLA at 18, Cal at 23, and Arizona State, USC, Washington, and Arizona are in the others receiving votes category. This is the same Utah that was going to be a cupcake in their first game, right? Yep. Nice. Very cupcakey. No, not at all. All right. (laughs) I like Utah. All right, Beach. It is time for this week's Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the week award. 
Now, every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. Now, Beach, if you look there in your notes that I sent you, there should be a link. I'm clicking the link right now, Billy. This is exciting. Click the link. Okay. It's like being done in, it's like being done in real so time. So this week, we are giving our award out to a fan. A truly stupid, stupid fan. Do you see the link? Does it come up? I don't know. It's taking, for, uh, it's taking forever to open up here. Hold on. Well, a fan, supposedly from Cal, was holding a sign on ESPN's College Game Day on Saturday from Salt Lake City. Okay. Has the picture come up? Uh-huh. Uh, no, not yet. It's still coming up okay. here. Okay. Uh, it's Damn it. it everything's there. Oh, oh okay, there okay. it is. So do you see the sign? Uh-huh. Do you see anything wrong with that sign? So go ahead and read what the sign uh, says. Sign on game day. I got to so read what the sign if says. Marsh, if Marshawn Lynch can get into Cal, then anyone can. That's right. The fan was trying to infer that Marshawn Lynch, formerly of Cal, now the Seattle Seahawks, isn't very smart. Right? Trying to say he's yep. not very smart, and if he can get into Cal, anyone can. But he put van instead of then. Uh huh. Grammar check anyone. <laughs> it's like, the, yeah. The, 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 the comment on the post here says, might I suggest a quick Google search of than versus so, then? Then you could try and rewrite this sign rather than look like an, look idiot. Like an exactly, idiot. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so these. Utah fans are trying to make Cal look bad. No, you look like an idiot. So anyways, to the game day sign holder, this week's Jackass of the Week Award. Is for you. I just thought that was a good little one. I just I saw that. And I'm like, what a moron. Because I, I saw it when I was watching game day. I was like, what a boner. Yeah, yeah. I still like that one from a couple of years ago with Stanford mm-hmm. is what you, you can't have. You can't have dumb. It was, it was with the ducks. Y- yeah. You can't, you, you can't have, yeah, whatever it was. You can't have dumb F's without D U C K S or something yeah. like that. Something like that. You can't have, yeah, you can't have Space, um, F, space, 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 without ducks. So yeah. it was dumb F. Yeah. 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 That was a great, that was a great sign. Yeah. All right, Beach. It's time to go to our Guns N' Roses musical interlude. And this okay. year, we're just, this season, we're just kind of looking at Guns N' Roses songs that we like. And so this week, we've got another song from one of the Illusion albums. And uh, that would be the song Pretty Tied Up. Now, anyone, if you're listening to this at work and you've got it turned up, understand there is a couple lyrics in this song that aren't quite family friendly. So be aware of that. But I kind of picked this song, Beach, because the Beefs are playing Washington State this week. And this song about being pretty tied up, it's kind of a little bit about people that are kind of into that thing bondage yeah. and sadomasochism little, and stuff like bit. that. There's, there's some of that in there. And I just thought it was funny when you're talking about that with 
Mike Leach, since he's one that likes to lock his players in closets if they're suffering from concussions. So I just thought that was yeah, kind of fit, kind of fit for him. He's in his new wave stuff. New wave stuff. So uh, you know, the best part about this beach, and you'll have to listen to it as it's going along, but there's a part in here where you'll hear Axel. There's just before they go back uh-huh. into the uh, into the chorus, you hear Axel kind of underneath everything goes, "Cool ranch dressing." You ever heard that? Really? Yes. No. Listen for, it, listen for it. All right, here is "Pretty Tied Up" by Guns and Roses.
Bees, did you hear it? I did. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that part. Cool ranch dressing. First time I heard it, I had my earphones on, right? And I hear this in like one ear. I hear cool ranch dressing. And I was like, what? No way. So I had to like rewind it a little bit. Let's do it again. I was like, what the hell is that? But yeah, he says that in there. Cool ranch dressing. I don't know why. That's awesome. It's just funny. All right, Beach, you ready to go uh, look at week number seven in the Pac-12? You ready? Uh, yes, let's do okay, that, okay. So um, I've got our picks ready to go. Let me pull. I don't have them written down. I don't have them in the notes for for Kyle, but I have. Here we go. All right. So I got Kyle's picture. Okay. First up, uh, we've got a game on Thursday. Another top. Oh, okay. Hold, hold on here. Going back to the Guns N' Roses because I had to look this crap okay. up. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it said, hold on here. Um, it, it's It's got more in here. It's not cool ranch dressing. What is it? Um, it's. <laughs> it sounds like cool ranch dressing. No, 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 no. <laughs> what does he say? Uh, it's supposed to say, okay, okay. Also, I once read an interview once. I'm reading, I'm reading a guy's post on here. A strange estranged 44 evidently on some guns and roses forum uh says uh, i also i once read an interview once i forgot with which band member but they said axel started singing the pretty tied up line cool ranch dressing rather than cool and stressing so cool and stressing uh so <laughs> it says axel started singing it as cool ranch dressing after they it before performed it live multiple times before the album came out and fans kept thinking he was saying cool ranch dressing it got back to the band so they just decided well everyone thinks it's sung that way so we might as well just put it that way in the album so it is okay, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's probably what it sounds like. Yeah, because the first time I heard it, I'm like, cool ranch dressing? What the hell does that have anything to do with it? Oh, my God. This is totally going to change my yeah. life. So now you know. <laughs> um, All right, Beach. There you go. You learned something. I feel like I need some Doritos. You learned something about the illegal participation tonight. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> First up, Beach, there's one game. We, we open up worlds for people here. I don't know if they realize yeah. this. So, okay. All right, moving on. I wonder on. if we could get, like, uh, you know, public funding for educational programs. <laughs> we could tell, you know, if if uh, if the Evergreen Aviation uh, Water Park can justify their, their system as an educational water park, we could definitely get off as an educational podcast. I can totally get off we, on that. <laughs> some people probably do uh, <laughs> but we should be accredited accredited, accredited <laughs> well we are the number one ranked fan produced tail oregon state tailgater centered podcast that is true yeah. best one in the best one in the damn country if not the yeah. world all right babe so the first up there is one game on thursday night top 25 matchup number 18 ucla at number 15 stanford who do you got Ukla at Stanford. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I shall take the Cardinal on that one, just simply for the fact that they're playing at home. Okay. That that's probably the game of the week, right? Well, it's a Thursday good game. Good game. Yeah, it's great. So game. I too will take Stanford. Kyle also texted me that he is taking Stanford. Okay, I feel like I led the led the led the role there in that go. there. All okay. right. All the rest on. of the games are on Saturday, October seventeenth. First up, USC at number 14, Notre Dame. Who you got? 
I don't think Touchdown Jesus is going to show up. So I think it's going to be, well, ooh. I think Notre Dame sucks, but USC is coachless. No, they've got they've got a coach there. Well, that's true, and he won't be drunk. <laughs> no, hopefully. Um. Wow, how's Notre Dame this They're year? Number fourteen. Of course, their quarterback broke his leg. Huh. Um. You know what? I'm going to take USC. All righty. I, I, I don't think touchdown Jesus is going to show up. Kyle is also taking USC. And I, too, am taking USC. Can I, can I tell you an interesting stat about this game? Okay. Um, so the, in the last four years that uh, USC plays Notre Dame every year, this will be the fourth coach in four years that has led USC against Notre Dame. <laughs> nice. Next, because nice. four years ago, um, it was Lane Kiffin. Okay. The next year, Kiffin had been fired, and it was Ed Orgeron. Okay. Right? And then he didn't get the job. They give it to Sarkeesian, so Sarkeesian let him last year. Where's Ed Orgeron at He is a, He's an assistant coach. I want to say down in like... Mississippi or somewhere down there, Mississippi okay. State somewhere boy, down there in the south. Boy, did you boy did USC screw up on that decision? Yeah, because or- Orgeron did a pretty darn good job. Yeah, didn't he? I think his players loved him and they played like crazy for him. Right, they played him like crazy. But I don't think that you said he didn't have the ego. Didn't, didn't you say that the whole time? Like he he didn't have the persona that I they were looking for. I don't think he's got L.A. persona about him. I think the press would yeah. eat him up. As, as as Jess likes to call him, he's the Cajun king. You mm-hmm. know? And he I, he's going to get on TV and be like, okay, oh, blah, 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 blah. And they're just going to eat him alive. You know that? <laughs> they're just going to eat him alive. You know, they'd eat him alive if he lost. They wouldn't eat him alive if he yeah, won. Yeah, Possibly. Possibly. Well, let's put it this way. As soon as you lose, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, we're all taking USC. Uh, Jess just te- uh, messaged me and said he's the D-line coach at LSU. Defensive line coach at LSU. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, she's on it. What? It's like you got your own little background assistant sitting oh. there. It's almost like we're running a real program. It's like she's your producer. Yeah, but to see if she was the producer, she'd come on the show and you'd hear her like in the background going, uh, Bill, but blah, blah, blah. She's like your, um, your, um, my, she's like your Roz to, she's like, uh, Roz to, to your Frazier or, or a Bo Snurdly to your Rush Limbaugh. Or the Gelman to my Kelly Ripa. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So we're all taking USC on that one. Next up, Beach, Arizona at Colorado. I really would like to see Colorado win, but Arizona is playing well and Colorado's not. I'm going to go with Arizona. All right. Kyle is taking Colorado. Is he? Yes. I, too, am going to take... I'm so on the fence on this one. It's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I think Colorado's due. 
I'm going to go Colorado. Are yep, you? I think Colorado. They're playing a lot, but the, to me, there's no team in the Pac-12 that's horrible. This no, year. no. Everybody can put up a fight. And or or we're all horrible. Yeah, no, no, nobody's <laughs> horrible. But um, I think they can all put up a fight, and it's at Colorado. That's why I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, Beach. Up next, Arizona State at number four, Utah. I think Utah's gonna be. Um, I think they're gonna be carted partying with Kool Aid and Funyuns Saturday night. There you go. Um, Kyle too is taking Utah. I also am taking Utah. Yeah, I think Utah's the best team in the Pac-12. Uh, I do too. Um, okay, uh, up next, Beach. Oregon at Washington. I am taking Washington wholeheartedly. Really? I think they are going to kick Oregon's ass. You think they're uh, smelling blood in the water? I think they're going to smell blood, and I, th- I think they're smelling blood. I think they're going to take them to town because they've been losing that that uh, rivalry for how many years now straight in a mm-hmm. row, and I think they're tired of it. It's in Washington. They're going to have the fan base there. Oregon fans have cut all their their uh, labels and, and bumper stickers off their freaking cars, so they've gone incognito. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see Oregon show up. You can't even find a fan driving down the road anymore. Well, and I'm, I'm interested to see because – you know, Washington, I'm, I'm still not sold on that team, but Oregon, their offense, which has really been their, you know, their calling card all these years, is mm-hmm. just not, it's just very pedestrian. It's just mm-hmm. not very dynamic. And I just think you're going to see them. I think you're going to see Washington just put the smack down on them. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Beach, so we're all taking you dub on that. Last up, Oregon State okay. at Washington State. Yeah, we both produce cheese. Did you know yes. that? Although the beaver cheese is a lot more expensive. Hmm. Either there's not enough of it <clears throat> or uh, or they're just profit-taking. Either way, I like mm-hmm. it. Um, let's go with Oregon State on that one, okay. Billy. Kyle's taking Oregon State. I, too, am taking Oregon State. So there is our picks for the week. There we go. So you have 33 out of 45. Kyle has 32 out of 45. And I also have 32 out of 45. All right, cool. We will look at those next week. So what do you think about the Washington State game, Beach? Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we're not doing that Seattle game anymore. You know, back when they would that being, play the game. In- that being said, I'm sure Washington State doesn't mind that, their fans. Because that kind of sucks for their fans. They just spent a ton of because they, they just them. spent a ton of money upgrading that stadium. They need yeah, to play it. There. Yeah. Well, it, I was going to say it sucks for their fans and it doesn't suck for their fans. The, their fan base that's heavily in Seattle doesn't have to drive all the way to Pullman to enjoy a a, a home game. But I can understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. You mean you only play in your stadium what six, seven times a year if mm-hmm. you're lucky? Mm-hmm. So. Nice to use it all. I mean, when you really look at it, you're like, going, dang, they build a really nice stadium to only be used six or seven times a year. Pretty much. So, yeah, it's, it's really unreal when you think about how much is invested in any of the stadiums in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. and really their underutilization. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I, I like I said, I just want to see an improvement out of the Beavs. I I don't know. I, I worry about Washington State's passing attack. Mm-hmm. Although, 
I, I think our I think our defensive backs and our safety. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna do some damage. I want to see more of a pass rush from our our front guys. I think we'll get some picks. I think we'll even maybe get a pick six. That would be great to see. All right, yeah. Beach. So let's move on to the first this year. Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke. Play of the week. Does that booger eating spaz make me want to puke? Okay, can I pick? Can I click okay, the link? Okay, hold on here, just a second. Now, for those okay. of you who okay. are new to the show, uh, the Tanner Boyle makes me want to puke. Play of the week is just something that I've seen, and I want Beach to watch because it's usually pretty gross. Um, now, for those of you that didn't know, <laughs> the sound clip that we played right there is Tanner Boyle, the ir- ir- irrepressible young lad from the original Bad News Bears, the 70s version, um, who's really foul-mouthed and, quite frankly, my favorite character of the movie. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. So, Absolutely. But anyways, so Beads, go ahead and click on the YouTube link. Okay. Now, Georgia running back Nick Chubb suffered a significant injury to his left knee in Saturday's game against Tennessee. Ooh, 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 oh God. Oh, God. Oh, they're going to throw it again. Oh, hyperextended. That wasn't hyperextended. That was just gross. Oh, my God, that was gross. Oh, that's not hyperextended. It broke. It did things it doesn't supposed to do. Oh, my God. I didn't even get through it. No, that's not It's not funny, though. He hurt himself. Um, oh, my God. They called. He hyperextended. Oh, my shit. That's not hyperextending. There's no hyperextending there. Uh, it bent. It just fell it off. It bent away. It's not supposed to bend. Now he did that to his oh my left knee in Saturday's game against Tennessee, including damage to multiple lig- ligaments and cartilage, but not the ACL. The school announced Sunday. The ACL. If you, so if that, you tear that one, you're in trouble. It's just. I, I it's don't. It's just hard to recover from oh. that one. Um. Hit. Oh God. It doesn't even look that. I mean, the the hit wasn't that bad, but no. the leg just went the wrong. Yeah. Way. Now, now, Rick, uh, head coach Mark Rick said right after the game, it's pretty safe to say he will miss the rest of the season. Obviously, today we know he will. Um, he remains hospitalized for observation. He is expected to go um, un- undergo surgery within the next couple of weeks, and the Bulldogs said a full recovery is expected. Now, re- uh, Rick, dis- the head coach, declined to speculate when he might return. Now, that was in an injury on the first play from scrimmage on Saturday. When he took a handoff oh, to golly. the left side of the field and landed awkwardly on his left leg as he was knocked out of bounds. Now, Chubb had entered Saturday having rushed for at least 100 yards and a school record 13 straight games, breaking wow. breaking Herschel Walker's school record. Now, he ranked second in the SEC this, seven, this season with 745 yards rushing and has seven rushing touchdowns. He also averages 8.2 yards per carry. And it's just sad to see his season end like that. Totally. Yeah, and what's 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 also sad is several other uh, running backs who have a couple of the running backs who have suffered other season-ending injuries in previous seasons, including Marcus Lattimore of South Carolina, all both uh, texted and messaged him, just saying, you know, hang on there, brother. It, you know, you can recover from this. So, wow. yeah. What well, was funny because I wasn't watching that game. I was watching one of the Pac-12 games on TV, and. They said, you know, I saw on the, the scroll on the bottom that said, you know, uh, Nick Chubb suffers significant knee injury. And I was like, uh. I'm like, well, heck, I wonder if it's on YouTube. So I grabbed my phone and Jess was sitting on the couch. I was sitting in my chair and I pull it up and I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is it. And I play it and I see that. And I was like, oh, God. And Jess was like, what? I'm like, oh, you don't want to see it. These aren't supposed to be like that. And I was thinking, yeah, that's, that's pretty significant. 
Oh, God. It looked like the only thing that was holding his knee on was the skin on the it outside. pretty gross. I know. <laughs> golly. Mm, it's like jello. Oh, golly. Anyways. All righty, Breach. Uh, now that I've totally grossed you out, let's finish up the show <laughs> with a little Rosie Ruiz, Cheaters and Horrors. She's just a girl. She's a boy. Okay, so I, I was doing some thinking on what I could do for cheaters and whores because, you know, I've gone through a lot of different sports and everything else, and there's so many cheaters and whores out there. And so I was listening to some music today, and I thought, that's what we're going to pick. And so we are going to talk today about the pine tar incident, also known as the pine tar game. And I pulled this off of Wikipedia. So... It says the uh, the Pine Tar incident was a controversial incident during an American League game played between the Kansas City Royals and the New York Yankees on July 24th, 1983 at Yankee Stadium in New York City. With his team trailing 4-3 to three in the top half of the ninth inning with two outs, George Brett of the Royals hit a two-run home run to give his team the lead. However, Yankees manager Billy Martin, who had noticed a large amount of pine tar on Brett's bat, requested that the uh, umpire inspect his bat. The umpires ruled that the amount of pine tar on the bat exceeded the amount allowed by rule, nullified Brett's home run, and called him out. As Brett was the third out in the ninth inning with the home team in the lead, the game ended with the Yankees' win. They, uh, what was it said here? One one guy quoted him for saying he was the only uh, only player to, uh, as one commentator noted, Brett had the ignominious distinction of hitting a game losing home run. Um, so the story goes though the Royals protested the game and the American League. Well, let's not. So George Brett was pissed. Oh, yeah, he went uh, at he the, went nuts. At the decision. And he went absolutely crazy uh, on the umpire for uh, overruling his home run. And anyway, uh, the Royals decided to protest the game, and the American League president, Lee McPhail, upheld their protest and ordered that the game be restarted from the point of Brett's home run. So they reinstated the home run. They ended up playing the end of the game. Uh, so the first part of the game was July 24th, 1983. They finished the last inning on August 18th. So possibly one of the longest games ever played, I suppose. Uh, and it officially ended with the Royals winning 5-4. to four. So uh, many people, well, some people might know that Lord's Song uh, Royals it's playing right now, Beach. Is, is inspired. But believe it or not, there's actually another song that was written about this game. Did you know that? No. Yes. And it's from an absolute greatest artist, great artist from the 1970s, known for his trucker music, uh, even into a little bit of the 1980s. Um, and you can also get this song a little bit feel for it because the sound is not his normal trucker sound. It has a little futuristic sound. Uh, the title of the song is called Pine Tar Wars. Get the, get the theme there, Pine Tar uh -huh. Wars. Because 1983 was released. Uh, close. The great C.W. McCall. Oh, really? Who sang Convoy. Yeah, so C.W. McCall wrote a song called Pine Tar Wars. And you need to play it if you can put it on here, Billy, or after me. Um, but the, the song, it, it sounds a little weird, the, the beginning does. But he 
tells the whole story in the song. Um, <clears throat> he calls uh, 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 Billy, the the manager for um, Billy Martin. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, Billy Martin. He calls him a uh, Tar Baby Billy. And uh, anyway, uh, goes on. But the greatest line in this is towards the end. If you hear for it, because again, this is 1980s, right? So he writes in here. Uh, we done heard the call for Billy Ball. We ain't never going to hear it again. Just like the cheer for Billy's beer when the Democrats was in. <laughs> so a little reference to Jimmy Carter and his brother Billy and his brother Billy's beer. Nice. Anyway, uh, if you can find that on uh, on iTunes, it's, Billy, and play it, it on here, maybe the people will get a kick out of it. Really? Yeah, I just looked while you were doing that. Well, I found it on YouTube, but the copy I found sounds like it's a recording off of a recording off of a cassette tape that had been run about a thousand times. Okay, CW Call, Pine Tar Wars. <laughs> well, there's several on here. Uh, this is the uh, the one that you need to look for is the one that I think is black with a uh, purple logo. Well, there's three on here that say uh, Pine Tar Wars. One is posted by one Mizzou fan. Which would make sense. Oh, that's him. There's another one. That's him. Uh, C.W. McCall, Pine Tar Wars lyrics. And there's... Nope. One, one Mizzou fan is the only one that's got the recording. Okay. Then uh, um, I will... Well, let me see here if I can play it. Oh, it's pretty bad. But we'll play it right now. So here it is. Pine Tar Wars by C.W. McCall. Create a long delay, and Billy's team apparently. 
Billy was just afraid to play. Now the stage was set and Billy bent that he had the upper hand. But Billy was fooled when the big court ruled you're going to play this game as planned. Well, it's our baby Billy, can you hear us? said we a step ahead gonna put an end to Billy Ball. We done heard the call for Billy Ball. We ain't never gonna hear it again. Just like the cheer for Billy's beard when the Democrats was in. Now the game they played that summer day won't be famous for the scores, but the incidents that have happened since will be remembered as Tar Wars. Our baby Billy, can you hear our song? Did you cry about the game last night? Our baby Billy, tell us all what's wrong. All you want to do is fight. You're like a child kicking dirt on the umpire's shoes. That's the way you've always been. So now we're going to take that pine tar rag and rub it in your face again. All right, sorry about the audio quality on that, but it's about the best we can do on the fly here. So, Beats, that's pretty good. You did, you know, you did throw me a curveball well, there. I did. So I and then we did baseball. Um, so the thing is, I and I put it in as the cheaters and whores. I don't think, and they all admitted, Pine Tor or not, he would have gotten a home run off that hit. Yeah. And and so I don't want to say. Uh, uh, George Brett say a, a cheater or a whore. Uh, sometimes things happen, but uh, uh, ultimately uh, it's nice when things can get reviewed, clarified, and then uh, corrected. True. So, yeah. So there you go. Just make sure you don't put too much pine tar on your bat. That's uh, a good rule to have in baseball and and other social. Yeah, there you go. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> All righty, Beach. Do you have anything else to add to show number sixty-five here of illegal participation? You know what? I think I'm good. I'm, I'm satisfied tonight, Billy. I'm satisfied with. Well, it's my glad effort. to have you back. I'm glad to get you back into the uh, into the swing of things. Although Kyle was a very worthy replacement, he did a great job. But I want to thank everybody for listening to show number 65 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, here's a few ways to get in touch with us: HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Heinrich Tailgater or check us out on Facebook. Just search for Heinrich Tailgater. Remember, you can listen subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a rating and review. Also, check us out on the Stitcher Radio app on your iPhone or Android device. Beach, thanks for coming. Thanks for having it's me, Billy. A good one. And uh, next week will be show number 66. Where we'll preview the Colorado Tailgater. And uh, we'll recap week 7 of the Pac-12, look at week 8, and just do a lot of more stupid stuff. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening, and we'll just end it with a great big Go Beavs.
cool ranch dressing.